Welcome back to another edition of the Rockcast. It has been a while. Um, in case you forgot, we are a podcast by Rockhurst University students for Rockhurst University students. And this is our first episode of the year 2021. If we are in a free 30-day trial of 2021, I'm not sure we'll be subscribing to the rest of the year based on what's happened so far. But um, it has made for an interesting news cycle, to say the least. So we're going to be talking about what transpired on January 6th in Washington, D.C., as well as how college students get and process news and then what's going on on social media right now. Um, and we're about two weeks away from classes restarting, so we'll kind of get into that just a little bit at the end. But first, uh, let's have everyone introduce themselves, and I'm going to go around the clock here, around the screen as I see it here, with Vince, starting with you. Uh, tell us, if you will, I'm going to interrupt real quick before you even begin. So off to a great start here in 2021. Uh, introduce yourself, remind us uh, where you're from, major, and maybe what you did over winter break. Sweet. My name is Vince Rosquetta. I am a senior nursing major here at Rockhurst University. Um, I am a resident coffee drinker normally, but uh, no coffee this afternoon, but I did have my napping cat right behind me. Uh, over winter break, uh, me and a buddy of mine went to Winter Park, Colorado for a snowboarding trip. Legs are still intact, arms yes. not broken. All together, I wore a helmet. Okay, good, 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 excellent. Safety precautions, well, well played, sir. All right, Bree. Hello, everyone. My name is Brianna. I am from St. Louis, Missouri, and I major in physics of medicine. Over break, I've mainly been just working on my website, Beats by Bree. And then I've also been helping someone um, create a website. So I'm working on my business, creating a website for someone else. And then I'm also volunteering because I found I found it on the rock web portal. But um, I'm volunteering to help this organization with their website as well. So it's like I'm kind of like juggling three things at once. But it's been really fun that I actually really enjoy it. Good. And America, uh, how's it going? And where are you right now? Yeah, so my name is America. I'm a senior. I'm studying corporate accounting and finance, and currently I'm in Mexico. So both my parents are from Mexico, so I'm just here visiting family, and I've been here for about a month now. So yeah, spent most of my winter break here. Excellent. And America was telling us that it's what, 75 or something like that there right now? 75. Sunny and 75. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, and Jarrett. Hello, hello. I'm Jarrett Payton II. I'm from Chicago, where I am right now. I'm a marketing student and a film acting student. And throughout this break, I've done a mix of, definitely done a lot of searching for internships. That's something I want to get into before school starts back up. Um, I had a few episodes of my show that I host on Instagram Live, so that was good. And I also just have been looking to see where I'm going to take things throughout the month of January and February as well with everything going on. Excellent. Well, glad to have you all back and glad to have all four of you back. Um, good to see uh, everybody again. Um, I'm the host, Chad Schnarr, um, and welcome to our first-time listeners. Uh, if you're a student, alum, faculty, staff, or prospective student, uh, welcome. 
if you need anything or have any questions, send us a direct message on Instagram at Rockhurst University. And we'll be happy to get back at you or put you in contact with something, someone on campus that uh, has the information that you're looking for. Uh, finally, for all listeners, be sure to rate and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Stitcher, and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast uh, and all those places. Um, and also find us on YouTube uh, for the Zoom cast so you can see all the uh, pretty faces here. Um, YouTube.com slash Rockhurst Talk. So uh, there are always points in one's life where they remember where they were at a certain time. Um, you know, I'm old, so I remember when the, when, uh, the space shuttle, uh, Challenger even, uh, where I was in class when that happened and obviously 9-11 and things like that. Now, I feel like for you guys' generation, it might be where were you on January 6, 2021, when um, the news was just completely taken over by what was going on at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., so with all the news and videos that have come out since then, it's hard to even know where to begin with addressing this as a topic. Um, but let's start with what were you doing when you found out what was going on? And then just what were your initial thoughts before you were able to really get all the information of what was happening? Um, just leave it open to whoever wants to begin. Uh, I guess I'll kick the uh, new year off over here. Um... I was at my college rental house um, editing, doing some video editing, uh, when one of my roommates texted in our uh, roommate group chat from my house um, that there were people breaking into the U.S. Capitol, and immediately the group chat blew up. No, uh, most of us were all in different places at the time. The group chat just blew up. I was like, wait, what? I, like, no way. And then I just type in, you know, 2021 Capitol break-in, and then, like, lo and behold, there it is on the news. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, first thing that went through my mind is, like, at least for people like our generation, you know, late 90s through the early 2000s, people born there, like, we haven't really had, like, that kind of event that showed political instability, like, kind of ever. I mean, there was, um, you know, 9-11, but, you know, we were really young when that happened. So this is probably the first time, like, you know, especially our adult lives, seeing something crazy like this happen. Uh, some questions that were running through my mind was, well, why is this happening? Because, you know, this is the United States. This isn't happening here. We're, we're the stable. We're supposed to be the stable one, right? You know, like that, that happens on other continents, you know, not us. And so it was mainly just like one, that confusion for me into, well, I'm going to be keeping up with this all day. So I was kind of following it, you know, pretty quickly, minute by minute as it's going on that afternoon. Yes, I would say the way I found out, so my sleeping schedule is off. So I was actually taking a nap at the time. <laughs> And so I remember my mom came into the room and she was like, you know, Brianna, people are, you know, rioting and they're storming the Capitol. And I was like, okay. And then she left because I was half asleep. And I was like, wait, what did she just say? And so then I looked at my phone, I just started breaking news and there it was. And so then I went to the family room and just, we all just started watching the news. And I was just like, wow, like this is really happening and just seeing the news unfold from social media and then pictures inside. My initial reaction, I was very taken aback. Like, it's not even that I was surprised like that something like this could happen, but more so I was just very disappointed and very, I was not happy at all, <laughs> to say the least. Um, so those were kind of like my initial reactions when I found out everything that was going on. 
I can, oh, do, do you want to go? Okay, I guess I'll go. Um, so for me, um, I guess the way I found out was very, very different since, like I mentioned, I'm here in Mexico. So I found out, honestly, till like 6 p.m. that this was happening because I was going to go get, I went to go get a haircut and I was just waiting and I, I was texting my friend um, about something super random. And then she texted me back and she was like, have you seen the news or anything? And I was like, no, why, why, why would I watch? No, I haven't seen anything. And I really hadn't. Um, when I'm here, I don't really see the news when I'm back, you know, in Kansas, I will have like the news on or just the TV on, but here I don't really watch television. And I honestly don't even check my phone that often. Um, and it's, so I was just like, I have no idea. So I like, I, you know, I went, you know, on Safari and I was like, what do I even look up? And she told me, she's like, check my story. And well, I couldn't, my data here is really like slow unless, um, so I, I couldn't, I told her, I was like, it's not loading. And then she starts sending me photos and I was just very surprised. Obviously like everyone, I couldn't believe what I was like seeing, especially I couldn't believe that it was like 6 PM. And she's like, I've been watching the news for six hours. And for me, I was just like, I can't believe that. Like, how, how is this even happening? And I guess it's been different for me here because it's like international news. Everyone that I've talked to, no one has even mentioned it. Like, no one really cares here. So, like, the only person I've talked to has been my brother about it. Um, so, like, right now, it's actually like the first, like, real conversation I, I have about this. Um, so, yeah, it's been... It's been interesting for sure. But here, I guess my experience has been very different because like I mentioned here, it's just kind of like another international news, not like something that everyone is talking about. So, Well, I guess that leaves me. Um, <laughs> how I found out about this occurrence, to say the least. I remember, so I'm in my room sitting right here. I don't know what I was doing. I just know I was in my room. I think might've been looking for some mentorships going through my email. And my mom just starts screaming. <laughs> I'm just like, why is she screaming? Typically, this happens if, you know, my mom was a big time athlete back in the day. So usually, you know, there's a game going on, something of that sort. She's hollering, right? So she's like, Jared, they're storming the Capitol. I'm like, what are you talking about, right? And so she calls me into the room and, and that's, I'm seeing it live on CNN, what's going on? And I'm like, there's no way people like I didn't really have time to actually form my own opinion of it because kind of like how Brianna said I wasn't I guess you could say surprised or something like that could happen considering the amount of tension that was surrounded upon what could potentially happen on January 6th and the tension that was said on all sides with this political spectrum I just like to hear about it so I wasn't surprised to see it happen but still I was shocked when I saw it happen I'm like wow this is crazy and I'm seeing people come out with um like it was unfortunate, but at the first first part, I thought it was kind of funny because I was I really didn't believe it happened until I saw someone come out with I want to say was it Nancy Pelosi's podium or something? The dude was holding it, and I was like, wow! Like they really ran into the Capitol, and honestly, that was just my first initial response. I couldn't even develop my own opinion on it because I was just so shocked by it, and I was definitely mad, but. It took me a while to actually feel my own way about it because I was so just couldn't believe that it had happened like the rest of us. Okay, so now it's been, what, five days since it happened. Um, we're recording this on Monday the 11th. 
and there has been a ton of um, news stories out now about it, um, a ton of video, and it, all you had to do was look at any of the videos or, or photos of what was going on. You saw the cell phones in the air. Um, a lot of people, a lot of media ended up being in there. So there has been just this, this news overload with it now. So now that you've had five days to kind of gather more information and whatnot, where do your thoughts stand now? Um, how do you view the whole thing? It's kind of hard just to have like one opinion on it, but I know like a few days later, looking at everything going on, it's still just a matter of like disappointment. Um, and seeing people on the news and during these interviews being proud with committing crimes and saying, well, we did this, we broke into this person's office and we did X, Y, and Z and watching the pictures and videos unfold of seeing um, people taking selfies with security officers, security officers helping people down the steps after they just committed crimes. Um, it's very unfortunate. And I guess it just leaves me now with, you know, what's going to happen next. Because even back during like the election period and we had the um, debates, ever since that quote of um, stand back and stand by, like that stand by, I was kind of waiting like something is going to happen. I just didn't know how it would happen. And so now we're seeing everything unfold. Um, and it's just very, I'm just very disappointed Um and I'm just kind of seeing just everyone else's reactions and how we're going to go from here. So I don't know if that was like a complete answer, but I'm still kind of formulating my opinion. I'm trying not to let it, I guess, disrupt my feeling altogether, especially over break. But I'm definitely um, not happy about it. I'm def it kind of makes me mad, actually, to be quite honestly. It makes me really mad seeing that something like this was able to happen and that it took so long even for the National Guard to come. Whereas even me being from St. Louis, I was a, I've been able to see over the past few years that Guard can come just like that with no questions asked. So seeing this happen and how long it took to get it under control was just very disheartening. I'll go off of what Bree said personally, and that was where I was able to form more of my own opinion of it. Because as I said, at first I was just shocked for most of the first day until later at night. Um, I like to do this in general um, when it comes to news is, you know, watch CNN, Fox, and MSNBC just so I can get a gist of what everyone is talking about. So that way bias really doesn't affect how I feel or how my family feels. We're actually able to just come up with our own opinions and not feel persuaded, you know, because even though bias is a thing, typically the facts are going to be across the board. You can be able to see, okay, this is what they're showing. And I saw this there, I saw this there, but I didn't see that. But, you know, kind of to go along with what Bree was talking about, I feel like so many people were frustrated because they saw, you know, especially last year, and there's division in every year. So especially just because we're in 2021, we don't want to act like 2020 was just the worst year to ever happen because you're going to have good and bad in every season that you're in. But it shows how much that we as a country just didn't learn because we saw this year full of division. We saw this year full of drama and tension and honestly just horrible tendencies between not just people when it came to politics, but just in life in general. And I think so many people were frustrated because they saw the way that many people handled and talked about things back in June, summertime, where things really got started to get heated up with protests and other things over totally different things. 
and then you come back now. And then that was a big thing where I guess I more so was able to form my opinion was you talked about, you know, getting the situation under control and the National Guard or the lack thereof. And then on top of that, it was also weird because typically with every narrative, as I said, you know, there's there's fact and there's fiction, but there was so much media coverage over this that actually this situation is still developing to this day, which is a very interesting thing that I've been able to figure out that sadly it's, it's not over. I don't know when, not even just the idea of people talking about it, but the repercussions of what happened to certain people, not just people that rioted and stormed the Capitol, but potentially executive officials, potentially the president. It's created such a great, greater picture than just storming the Capitol and everything that happened. And that's why so many people are frustrated. Somebody said, I want to say it was a psychologist I was listening to and his reaction to it. And he called it a disgrace to democracy. And he clarified what he meant by that. He said it's a disgrace to democracy, not because of who stormed the Capitol or why they stormed the Capitol, but for the idea that as far as social progress and what it does for the greater good, there is nothing there. It doesn't do anything to help anyone except for just create this greater sense of division that we have been talking about trying to get rid of. We're seeing ourselves go in this repetitive cycle of we want things to be better, but things like this everywhere around the country just keep happening. And I feel like going forward, we really have to ask ourselves how serious is it that we prioritize the greater good of the country and less of a political party or a belief or a sanction, if you see what I'm saying. I agree with what you were saying, Jared, about division. I feel like what I've been able to see since most of my experience has been, you know, through social media, that's how I've been able to see kind of how people are reacting to this, is that I have seen it like way more divided than ever. Like it's been like so divided. I feel like we talked, and I think it was in a past podcast, we talked about maybe what we hoped 2021 would bring and that maybe it would just bring like less division and that we would maybe move on. Um, and and it's really sad to see that it kind of, it's been so far, we've seen the complete opposite and just kind of what people have been posting. And it really has been like, which side are you on? It's like, you have to pick a side. And if you don't say which side you're on, then you're, I don't know. So I, that's kind of how I've seen, which I think is, you know, really, really sad. So hopefully, I don't know. I guess I, I feel like in every podcast, I'm like, hopefully it'll get better. But I mean, I feel like after something like this, that's really kind of the only thing we can hope for. And, and it's kind of interesting also because I've seen other people comment about the situation and it seems like other countries aren't surprised that this happened they kind of seem like oh you're surprised this happened we've seen it coming so i think that's also very interesting that kind of maybe should make us think that um we just need to be more careful um about how we handle things and not i guess maybe not hope not just hope but take action so yeah, that's kind of what I have to say about the situation so far. Uh, America, kind of going off of what you're saying with um, some how these events, you know, are kind of the opposite of what we were kind of talking about in some of our earlier episodes here on the Rockcast. But I mean, my, my kind of take on that is like, well, I mean, that's Murphy's Law, right? You know, what, whatever can go wrong probably will go wrong. And I know some of the things we've talked about uh, during the election uh, episodes for our podcast 
we kind of talk about how like how are people going to react to the news and um, a lot of our conversations kind of focused on you know uh, the initial results right there then there on november 4 but i don't think we really discussed like how are people going to react you know when the inauguration is going to happen which is going to be the next big step in the reaction i don't think we ever uh, took the time to consider that so i mean that kind of answers a question that we never even posed to ourselves um on previous episodes and it, it's just unfortunate when you know this happens you know when any peaceful protest you know go, goes over the line takes a step too far is that no matter which side or uh of the political spectrum you are in or what you believe in politics america still loses on the world stage uh when stuff like this happens um the natural consequence of you know propping ourselves up for you know decades upon decades is the greatest country in the world the shining beacon of democracy is that well what went on on January 6th wasn't exactly too democratic now, was it? And so I saw a lot of news um, on social media um, on what other countries were reacting and countries that we consider kind of our competitors in the world, say Russia, China, uh, countries that we've had problems with, Iran, all of their world leaders are, they're happy. They're happy to see us, you know, tear each other apart. And they don't care, you know, about who wins the election or who wins over there. They, just, they see America get destabilized and, no matter what you believe that hurts all of us as a country um, when we're not able to act civil and step over that line when it comes to a peaceful protest turning into a riot. And so my, I guess, final take, I was like, yeah, um, when stuff like this happens, no matter what you believe, America loses every time for it. I kind of want to add to that. I think that's very interesting what you pointed out about how we're just like tearing each other down and other countries are just like in like the front seat, like with popcorn, just watching. Cause that's honestly what it is. It's like, there's always kind of, they always say like an end to like the greatest countries. And you know, if maybe there was supposed to be an end to the United States, it feels like it's like, it's just us. We're just, it's just like America versus America, us tearing each other down, which is so it's, it's extremely sad to see that that's how it's happening. Jarrett, you mentioned, um, it seems like we didn't learn from, uh, like the summertime. Uh, things like that. Uh, how do we as a country learn from this? What can we learn from this? And where do you even, um, like what practical steps could even be done for the immediate future and long-term future? Immediate future, meaning, and one of you mentioned it, you know, are there consequences? Um, and there's a lot of talk about what should be done to those who incited it. Um, but then toward America's point here, how do we even begin to come together? You guys have any ideas of, of what you would do if you had a, a choice in the matter or even ideologically speaking? In all honesty, and this goes for not just situations like this, but in general, and I feel like it can be very hard to do this. So I know that this is never something that we can straight up tell someone to do because there's there's other ways around it. But showing empathy, having the idea of saying, you know what, I may not do everything exactly the way that you did it. I may not agree with you at all, but I feel your pain. I see where you're coming from. And not only do I see where your pain is coming from, but let me try and redirect that and let's see if we can find a source of that pain and help you out and other people that might feel the same way. Now, as I said, it's not that simple because a lot of people can show empathy. And actually another reason why people are so, so frustrated 
In fact, most of the people that I would say have the heightened sense of frustration right now is because they're seeing empathy being dealt out to certain people that wasn't dealt to others last year for other situations. And that's the thing about empathy is that even though it's a beautiful thing that should be expressed, it can also be manipulated. You can give one person empathy and totally disregard the other person and say, oh, essentially I care about these people, but not these people. And let's say both of these people that we're talking about could be two different households that live under the same tax bracket and play the same taxes in the same country. But the care and empathy is expressed towards one's beliefs and not the other. So we have to find that common ground where we can care about both of those people, you know, Democratic or Republican, conservative or liberal, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum, whether that's political or not, we have to express that empathy. And that's what scares me about it is because even though empathy is an answer, and I say an answer because there's multiple answers to this problem and where we can go from here, but it can be manipulated. And that's where, even though that is a great step to take, we do all have to really be cautious about how we handle empathy and showing that we care about the pain that others go through and why they do what they do, regardless of whether we condone their actions or not. I think like alongside empathy, I don't know, I don't know if I've said this in a previous podcast, but definitely accountability. And I believe that accountability is uncomfortable for everyone. Um, but it's something that needs to be done. And that's accountability on all spectrums, no matter what side that you're on. And when you're able to hold other people accountable, you're able to look back and look at it through a different lens. Like, okay, why did I do the things that I do? What made me do the things that I do? And so, I don't know, it's kind of hard because we can talk about empathy, we can take a, talk about accountability, but then it's so hard because this is like changing the actual person. You have to be able to let them look at their ideologies in a different way. And that can be mainly the hardest part. You can somewhat change or help persuade someone's actions, but as far as their mindset about something, it's kind of like the hardest thing to change. So that's definitely something that I've just been thinking about and trying to reflect on, like, how can I talk to those and allow them to see my perspective without it making feel like I'm making them do something, for instance. Um, so yes, but I'm just very, um, I don't know, kind of hesitant in a way, even as far as like involving myself with everything that's going on, because it's really a downer for me. I, it, and like Jared was saying with everything that happened the past year, even within the summertime and just seeing everything that happens, um, it's really hard for me to keep that faith, to know that things will get better. Obviously I want them to, but it's very hard um, for me to I guess, look at it in that light. Okay, so in terms of immediate future, there's a lot of talk about what should be done to certain leaders or should, what kind of accountability as Bree said or consequences. Um, So instead of talking about a, a certain person, let's say a precedent has to be set for something like this regardless of where it ends up in uh, that person's term as president. So if we have to set a precedent here, uh, what should it be? Should it be impeachment? Should it be the 25th Amendment? Should it be a demand to resign? So in, in addition to thinking what should happen now, what should happen in the future? And this has nothing to do with party. We're going with, these are the, the rules 
and the precedents that are going to be set for future leaders. What would your thoughts be there? Well, for me, at least, resigning is out the question for me because I feel like that's just such an easy way out, in my opinion, to be this, you know, forced resign. I wouldn't like that whatsoever because there's no accountability in the future. So I would definitely say um, impeachment goes a long way. And I know that a lot of people, especially like on social media, have been talking, well, you know, the 20th is coming up. Why impeach him now? Like, and that's the thing, like when you let something happen or go on for so long, there's no type of, um, not even really the word just, well, yes, justice, but also people being held accountable. I don't know why I'm using that word so much, but it's very true. And um, with everything that's going on when you're abusing your power and using it um, to create what happened on the 6th, it shouldn't go unpunished. Definitely. Um, and that's with anyone in the future. And then even as far as um, censorship. So we've been seeing a lot of that, especially Twitter, Facebook, people accounts, whether or not they should be censored or not. I definitely believe that as a leader, as a quote unquote leader, um, there's just certain things that you shouldn't say and there's certain things that you shouldn't do. I know even I learned that as a child, when you're looking to have your resume built and you're looking for interviews and you want to get this job title, you can't just post any and everything that you want on social media. And I know our current president, I wouldn't post not a single thing he has ever posted, especially on Twitter, because how would that look for me? How would that look for my image? And it's kind of sad to see um, even some of the American people, even with all these things happen, some just tend to just glance over it like mm, he's allowed to do this like whatever but I definitely believe that when you have that impeachment process and or even invoking the 25th amendment you're able to see at least something being done so that people know in the future that something like this can't happen again and you're strict on those rules as well I'll go off of that and what Bree said um a specific thing I'll, I'll go a little Einstein a little bit um I did a little research on the 25th amendment because I didn't really know what exactly these people were talking about and I'm like if they're talking about invoking this amendment I'm like let me just look into it let me see what it is so I did my research went to history.com and I discovered how this went so the 25th amendment essentially and why it was even brought into office in the first place I, I want to say it's ratified in 67 1967 talking about essentially what would happen in the case of the president passing away. That's the first thing. And that would mean the vice president comes up. However, there are four sections to it. And the fourth section of this 25th Amendment talks about if the president has so-called some type of mental illness or other disparity that keeps them from being profound and just being a legitimate option to lead the country, that the vice president would also be put into office. And I'm looking into this because now I had this knowledge of what the 25th Amendment, Section 4, is. that's what they would have to invoke in this situation and what that is going forward. So I had to ask myself, okay, what are the, what would that president or whoever it is, what do they lose if they're put out of office? And I did my research and found out that if, let's say, this president lost an election or if they were only in their first term and that amendment was invoked, they can't run again, they lose some part of their pension, which most presidents, they have other ways to bring in money. So that's not the biggest part. But if they're trying to run again, if they've only had one term, that is probably the biggest thing. So even if this candidate doesn't want to, you know, as Bree said, take accountability for what happened, 
it wouldn't matter because if they do want to be president again, they'd have to understand that, okay, if this amendment does get invoked on your behalf, you don't have that luxury anymore. So personally, if I'm looking at it in this instance and what we've been seeing right now, I'm very in between on it because I understand as far as the repercussions, what it might teach people. But then it's like, is that going to divide us more? Or is are we actually going to see something good come out of it? And honestly, with the 11th, with just about 10 days left, well, said candidates in office, I don't really know how to go about that because I'm, I know I'm very torn about it. It's very interesting, though, to see people that are in executive office take it really seriously because it's like, whoa, like never thought I would see that at this time for sure. Um, when it comes to terms of like what are going to be like our uh, guidelines for, you know, um, for this process, I mean, um, I was, Jared kind of went before me, so I kind of took my idea of actually talking about um, like the 25th Amendment and impeachment and all that fun stuff. Um, going on the impeachment um, kind of way here, um, I think setting a precedent for terms of impeachment, um, we would kind of have to look at history and ask like, okay, say, uh, which presidents have been impeached and what they were impeached for. Um, President Trump was, they, they are impeached for um, abuse of power. Um, one before him was Bill Clinton. Um, he got it for perjury during the uh, Lewinsky trial. And then the next one didn't have until, for, which was also the first one was President Johnson at the end of the Civil War for uh, just generally being at odds with Congress uh, over how to do reconstruction of the South after the Civil War. And so, I, I mean, history kind of does give us those like, hey, these are the things that other people have been um, impeached for. So those are kind of the guidelines I would say that we would look forward to in determining, you know, what punishment or if we do impeach or not. You know, since our world right now really runs by social media, I kind of agree with, I agree with what Brie was saying about, I just think that it's necessary that the president, I don't know if maybe, I, I guess like I'm confused about like how the president is even like allowed to like tweet some things. Like I, I assume that there's people that work for him that like help him, but maybe he doesn't listen to them. I guess maybe that's why so many have resigned. I don't know, but I just don't think that that should even be a thing. Like those tweets, like so many tweets should have just been taken down like, like years ago. So I mean, especially if you're literally like the image of the United States, like those things should not be happening. So kind of moving forward, I just think that maybe the social media of the president should just be, I guess, monitored closer. Um, I don't know how that would work. I don't know if that kind of limits their like freedom of speech, but I feel like if you're president, you should have like different types of regulations. I mean, even when you like take a job, sometimes they say you can't like tweet about this or, you know, post things about this. So, I mean, I'm guessing he writes like sign some type of contract when you become president, I would assume so maybe, I don't know how that would work. Um, but I just think that that should be monitored closer. And maybe that's why it has been such a huge problem since maybe presidents in the past, obviously social media was not as popular so maybe that's why it was such a huge problem right now, but I feel like they should add that to their contract per se. Like these are the things you can't say, or like you need to like pay attention to what people are telling you. If they say you shouldn't be posting this, then you, then you really shouldn't because that's how things work, you know, in workplaces. So 
that's kind of how what I'm thinking. That's actually a good segue into one of our other topics, and I'll go back and hit some of the other things, but I'm going to skip ahead to social media. So the news this past week has been that Twitter has banned uh, the president from using Twitter. Um, And then Facebook obviously followed suit and a horde of others. Um, And then Apple went as far as taking Parler off their app or their app store. And Amazon Web Services, Parler can't be on there because of hate speech and... um, uh, basically, they don't want to be responsible for the coordination of other attacks. And there was an FBI bulletin today. I haven't been able to, you know, look around the different uh, news um, services to see uh, if it was quote unquote fake or not. And it's just weird that you have to say that these days. Um, however, that there is planned attacks for uh, armed protests at Capitol buildings across all 50 states something like that. So they are private institutions and they can't, or private organizations, there's no such thing as free speech with them uh, because they're private. If it was government run, then obviously it would be an issue, but it, it, I don't know if ethics is the correct term, but good business practice. Should this have happened? Should they have done it earlier? Or is it, is it just plain wrong to censor uh, like this? Uh, I think when it comes to uh, big tech and uh, censorship on social media and the internet, I think there's really two sites um, that really end up kind of going toward it. If you think about it um, on, on one hand, you know, kind of going chat of what you were saying, they're like, yeah, they're a private business. This is their platform. You can, they can put whatever they want into the terms and services and require you to sign on to the terms and services before they use their app. And you consensually sign that when you go onto there. And so if they decide to censor you because they think that you violated their terms and agreements, which are 20,000 pages long and nobody reads anyway, but you still violate <laughs> if you sign them, um, then yeah, you gotta be held responsible for that because you agreed when you clicked I accept and make my account that you're gonna agree to their terms of their service, which most of them include if you violate something, they reserve the right to kick you off their app. Um, another way that I can see it, if you, if you take it to its logical conclusion, well, with social media now being such a huge part of our lives and social media is something that we've talked about throughout the entire history of the podcast so far, no matter what topic applied to them, like how life is on social media, a lot of our lives are moving from the physical to the digital world. And if there's only one Twitter, one Facebook, one internet, well, that basically feels like it becomes a part of your actual physical world as well, since a lot of it is online. And then that brings up to the question of, you know, free speech laws and how they can apply online. And then that comes into conflict with, well, this is a private company. This is their platform. They can do whatever they want with it. And so you got a rock in a very, very hard place, you know, or no, I guess better analogy is like an ensemble force and immovable object, you know, and they're clashing into each other. And I feel like that's the uh, two ways you have to look at it. You know, are, are you going to protect the arm of big businesses because this is, they can do whatever they want in their platform? Or are we going to have to start having a conversation of our, with our country now and with our elected officials how far can our country's free speech laws, you know, be applied, you know, in, onto the online setting as well, since that's where a lot of our lives are going. I definitely believe it was something that needed to be done, especially with his ranking and um, how high up he is, as far as like how many, how many people it reached, how many shares it gets. Um, and then 
even when like it's not just like me brianna posting something like okay you know a few people will see it here or there but at the same time like when you have someone who is the president of the united states but then also have people who are like diehard fans and like supporters who will do quite literally almost anything that you say for them to do as we have seen at the capitol it's just like you don't want to incite that violence. And I honestly don't blame Twitter, Facebook, or any other company that banned his account. I definitely believe that it was necessary. And it's sad that it took this long for them to do it. It's really sad because we've seen time after time that this is kind of starting to get initiated. Um, he's been like beating around the bush just a little bit, but finally it's in our faces, it's right in front of us. And so now they're kind of forced to do something about it. Um, so I definitely believe that it was necessary and it's just very interesting to see even in the future because from what I've known, I've never, I haven't been into politics when I was younger, but obviously now I am. But as far as I've known, I've never seen a president so involved in social media in my life. Um, maybe I'm too young, I don't know, but for me, I have not. And so just seeing this era, these past few years of um, having a president who is so into social media and can kind of say whatever they want, um, it's been kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. So I'm kind of glad that they did it. And I'm just interested to see what happens in the future. And I, another thing that I want to say, this doesn't really segue off into anything else, but I've noticed that I don't, it's like a lack of soft skills for me, like as far as like respect and um, being honorable and those different things. Even I've seen, um, I don't know if that was his last tweet. I don't have Twitter. I don't follow him. I don't do anything that I kind of just see it secondhand, thirdhand. But even him um, saying that he isn't going to go to the inauguration, I just think it's kind of like a respecting like um, tradition and over time and just saying that you're not going to go. Um, that's just kind of crazy to me. I'm not surprised, but I don't know. I think it's just a sign of disrespect in my opinion. Personally, I go off of what Bree was saying. My, my mom always told me this. Um, and I think that her background as an athlete, even though I don't play sports anymore, it's definitely something that stuck with me to this day, is that you're going to lose sometimes. And when you lose, it's not about why you lost in any way, but it's about how you carry oneself. And I'll never forget it. Like I feel like this will live in my head rent free for a really long time. But Mitt Romney, as many people know, was the Republican candidate who ran for president against Barack Obama back in 2012, I want to say, right, 2012. And he spoke the night of the riots and he said verbatim, like, I know what it's like to lose an election, it sucks. And he was trying to show sympathy with everything that was going on and why certain violence was incited, if not, whatever the situation was. He's trying to give us perspective on that. And like, that is kind of the message that honestly we can portray for anybody, regardless of whether you want to call yourself on the winning or losing side of anything in life, but particularly this, is that you're going to lose. And I feel like social media and the reason why that is so important is because you have this tool that can be used to spread and create a positive image. But just as it can be used to create a positive image, it can also be used to create a negative one and divide. And one that I've noticed about some people like that, I'm not even going to go for someone that is an executive officer, just people in general, regardless of how large or small your platform is, is that these people will know exactly what they're doing. 
and they'll they'll like to divide people. They'll love to argue with people and put their own opinion over others. And then they'll be the same ones that are complaining when they see that people don't like them or they're like, they can't respect them and see where they're at. It's like, it's like me covering this light right now, right? It's, it's dimmer. And I'm, oh, why is there not more light? I'm complaining about a light that I am intentionally covering. And that becomes hypocritical for someone that can divide and is doing the division themselves, but then complaining why they hate me, they hate me here, they hate me there. And then you add social media into it and it just creates this giant, giant tangent of, honestly, it just confuses a lot of people regardless of where you fall because people wanna talk about the news, you know, what can we watch? What can we believe in? What can we not? But yeah, when you have people that do have that executive power that are not just tweeting or just active on social media in general, it's like, wow. Like there are sometimes I can see not just somebody like the president, but other officers where I can see them tweet something and I can imagine them screaming it in that voice. And I'm like, yeah, I know for sure they tweeted that, <laughs> you know, it didn't take a team member to tweet that out. They did that. And as I said, that can be a good and a bad thing. But honestly, I do believe that with, you know, with much power, much responsibility is expected at the same time. That's something I've always known growing up. So if you do, it's not even just about abusing power, but if you do things that are inherently divisive, if you're trying to persuade certain people only from one area to advocate for you versus another, then I don't really feel that you should have that position on social media because if, as I said, we have to learn from everything that happened last year, because if we don't, this is just going to keep happening. And honestly, I think most of us are tired that we have to keep talking about these things. But the only reason we're talking about it is because it's relevant. These things keep happening. So in order for them to stop happening, you know, we go for the biggest magu. Where are we hearing all this news first? Social media. It controls everything that we're seeing and how we interpret it. So that's not going to end everything. There's much to be done but social media and monitoring your platform and saying, we're gonna take this off if you act in this way or act in this way. It does go a long way, a lot more than what some people might think it does. I just kind of want to pose a question for you all. So after like the inauguration, you know, like his accounts have been banned and whatnot. Do you think that Donald Trump will find other outlets to talk to the American people or even so as a regular citizen, quote unquote, how do you think he's going to work and operate in everyday life? That's something that I've been thinking about. And I'm just kind of wondering like other people's perspectives on that. I can definitely see him being a lot more like vocal um, after the term than a lot of presidents were. Um, I was old enough to remember when, you know, I, mean, I remember when Bush was sent me out of office, like didn't really make too many other headlines after he left office. I feel like Trump would uh, continue um, trying to champion whatever he wants to champion when uh, the thing is, where I guess, right? Um, I don't really have an answer to that question, but social media is kind of the uh, big thing these days to move um, or just to reach a mass number of people. But I definitely think he's going to try to become like, just try to stay a lot more relevant um, in spotlight in the months, weeks after. I agree. I think he's going to stay relevant. I mean, and, and even before he was president, I mean, I guess he was already pretty relevant the other day. I was watching a movie with my sister. We were watching two weeks notice. Um, and he was just like, he was in the movie, obviously just kind of like as a background character, but obviously he was Trump. And my sister was like, she's 10. So she was very confused. She was like, what Trump is in this movie. Um, and honestly, if I had seen it 
you know, several years ago, I wouldn't have even thought about him. I would have been like, oh, yeah. And I think he's in other movies as well. So he kind of always has been in, I guess you could say relevant. So I definitely think that he's going to stay relevant. I don't know, maybe he'll make like a fake account. <laughs> no, but I kind of see him maybe, I guess he could always have a website and make his own posts on there, I guess like a blog. I don't know if like, if he can do that now. I mean, is he <laughs> banned from that too? Um, so I don't know. I, I think it definitely will be interesting. I guess now I, I kind of see that as like, we'll see because I just want to know what happens on inauguration day. I feel like that'll be an interesting day. Um, I feel like there's still a lot of days. I mean, a lot of things can happen until then. So I guess we'll see. All I can say going forward is because honestly that is something i've thought about and it's something that it kind of makes me laugh because i'm like i really wonder what that's going to look like because as you said it will definitely always be relevant in one way or another he could keep his mouth shut for the rest of his life and these times is something that we never forget especially with our generation being the first to grow up with the level of technology that we do these stories will live forever whether we like that or not so that's hands down but i do always wonder what that's going to look like um, honestly, I don't really know. I do think he's going to try, I think, to, you know, maybe have a website, have a, I don't know, have a podcast, literally. I mean, there, uh, anybody can do whatever they want to make their voice heard. But all I can say is that you reap what you sow. When I say that is, you know, when you take certain things away from other people and when you say and share your own opinion, it is okay because you are entitled to what you believe in. But that also means that others are entitled to give you what they don't or take away from you the privileges that they feel that they may not have. You know, so if he were to get banned from everything, I mean, I think that's unfortunate from a standpoint of, you know, I think people should deserve an outlet in general. But as I said, it's you reap what you sow. If you bring that energy towards people that someone doesn't like, then they get it. So if he ends up being banned by everyone everywhere, then that's just what happens. And I wouldn't be surprised by that. But then if that doesn't happen, as I said, that's why I think the term you reap what you sow is very important here because even though we're just spitting out theories, we'll see what it looks like within, I can't say the next month, I'd say more so it's going to take at least a few months, maybe a summertime to really see that transition. And, you know, maybe not even just for the president himself, but for many followers, many people that are profound um, believers and not just those that voted for him that's another story but just people that justify a lot of the things that have happened recently we'll we'll see how it goes but you reap what you sow is the ultimate answer to how this pans out Jarrett you remind me of a phrase that I heard a coach for an old coach for Florida I know we were talking before the show about college football but I wasn't the biggest fan of this coach but he said you have the freedom of choice but you don't have the freedom of consequence so you can make all the choices you want. Yeah, go ahead. But good or bad, there's going to be consequences. Nevertheless. Uh, all right. Well, we have touched on through the course of conversation here, um, news and how news is consumed, where you get it, social media, checking um, a lot of different viewpoints on that. And America, you had said that uh, this was really the first time you've had a chance to talk about this. Uh, we are within two weeks of coming back to campus. I think three, you have to go back a little early as an RA. Do you think this will still be a topic 
uh, when we get back to campus? And do you think things will remain, you know, fairly civil as we move on? And how do we, we're back to this again, how do we make sure to show that empathy and, and to tell others to do the same? I definitely think there'll still be in conversations, even when I come back next week, mainly because like everyone's kind of like separated from each other. They're in their different households and whatnot. And obviously you can communicate with people over social media, but it's something different about having like that face-to-face conversation and then group conversations. So I definitely think they'll be had, especially within organizations as well. Um, I definitely wouldn't mind having a conversation about that in several of my organizations. So I definitely think it's not going to be something that gets old too quickly. Um, and it's even kind of interesting because school was pushed back like a week. So we would have been going, coming back to school probably a little bit around this time or a little bit next week, which would have been very interesting because it would have been in the midst of the inauguration as well. So I definitely think with that and the capital of what, what all transpired on that day, um, it's definitely going to be talk of rockers, definitely, for sure. Um, but for me, I guess my main takeaway is just how will the precedent be set from here on out? Um, and then even with classes starting at Rockers, I'm pretty ready to get back to it, other than everything that's happening political-wise. Yeah, so I'm very excited to see what may happen within the next few weeks. As more of a general question about coming back to campus then, is there anything that um, you guys are looking forward to? Are you looking forward to getting back on campus? Or uh, Jarrett, I know you're uh, distance learning. Are you anxious to get back into a routine swing of things, things like that? Kind of get your mind off of what it's been on for the last five days or so. Yeah. Um, that is something I guess I get to test to definitely with everything happening. Cause I do remember now what I was doing when I first heard about the rise, I was definitely trying to invest in my future to say the least. So, and then after that, like it's definitely been a blur the past few days because you just keep seeing headline after headline after, you know, as I said, situation still at this point developing. So going forward and I won't be going back to campus until August, but even being where I've been at so far, doing everything remote learning as far as this year, you know, just being motivated because that's definitely something that I feel like it's not just harder for me, but for a lot of students that maybe you work better where you can do things with other people, you know, where you have, obviously we don't have the hands-on experience as far as having a teacher right next to you, except for some classes, some, some students do have that opportunity at Rockhurst, but with COVID, especially if you're at home, it's pretty much just you. And then maybe you commute or communicate with people virtually to help you out. I've gotten a little bit better with that, but I know that that's definitely been something that I've suffered with. So the past week and definitely going forward, just making sure that I can do that is what I'm a little bit more excited about. I feel way more confident about that than I did my first semester with everything. And so I'd honestly say the same for anyone else who is at home doing remote learning or for anyone that is going back to campus, you know, just to find ways, especially throughout the next few weeks with everything going on in the social climate to not, I honestly would say, honestly, yet yeah, to distract yourself from what's going on, because honestly, that's what you need, but you need good distractions, whether that be reading a book, watching a show, writing poetry, going for a run, you know, maybe going to see some people distanced, but just find things that will separate your mind from everything that's going on and that will keep you motivated on doing the things that you need to do in the future. 
Uh, for me, I think a word that I could use to describe uh, returning to school in about two weeks here is hopeful. Um, me and a lot of people that I hang out with are in the healthcare community. So we've been getting our um, vaccines, coronavirus vaccines uh, over these last uh, first few weeks here of January. And I am hopeful and excited and yeah, really just hopeful that we can get these vaccines pushed out. Um, and so we can get more and more segment, sections of the population um, vaccinated and hopefully we can start turning uh, the whole coronavirus uh, situation around. Uh, that's a big hope for um, the spring semester of 2021. I know there's already been a ton of delays um, right from the get go before even getting it to um, those actually working in COVID units uh, with like just taking longer time to ship. Um, right now we're starting to see problems of the vaccines starting to expire because we can't get them distributed fast enough. So a lot of the time they're just like sitting around. Um, so those are some challenges that we're going to have to overcome. But uh, for me going back to school, hopeful to say the least, um, I'm definitely excited to go back. Um, it's my last semester, so it's a little bit, um, it's, it's a kind of sad, it's bittersweet, um, but I'm very excited to see my friends, my classmates. Um, and then I always brag about it, but, you know, the Rockers community is very respectful. So I think I'm, I'm even excited to have conversations with people about, you know, the, what happened, because I would like to get their perspective um, everyone that I've talked to and, you know, or when something happens, our walkers, everyone seems very respectful there. I've never really received like any like attacks or anything from anyone. So um, I'm excited to just talk to people. Um, and then, yeah, I also excited to see how the, you know, the year continues me to happen, um, you know, with, with COVID, you know, because that's still happening. <laughs> So, yeah, it's exciting. Wait, so Vince, did you say that you got, did you already get the vaccine? Uh, yeah, I got my second dose three days ago. So that was my last one. Kicked my butt, though. Holy cow. I had a fever, headache, night sweats. Nothing fun. But I'm like, if this is what getting the vaccine was like, I'm glad I never got the real thing. So. All right. So that will about do it. We're excited to have you guys uh, back, and it's good to see you guys again. For everyone out there, make sure you're finding us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. There's a ton of them out there and we just can't keep up with them all. So we'll pick kind of the main ones, but be sure to subscribe so you can hear uh, the, these discussions. To watch the discussion, you can find us on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash rockerstalk. So for Vince and Bree in America, in Mexico, and Jared in Chicago. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great 2021, and we'll see you later.